Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Gaby Mackay and joining me today is a man who couldn't force through a glamour move to the Totally Scottish Football Show before the deadline, Johnny McFarlane, and a seasoned campaigner who we almost sent to finish his career at the Terrace, Jules Boyle. <laughs> no thank you. No, you're alright, that's fine, no worries about that. <laughs> on today's show, we'll be discussing yesterday's big transfer goings on because, let's face it, it's International Week and we don't need that kind of negativity in our lives just yet. So we'll get right into it. Let's start with the most protracted homecoming since the nine-minute penultimate track on Green Day's magnum opus, American Idiot. Like that song, Ryan's Ke- Ryan Kent's move to Rangers started with Please to Come Home, quickly moved into pain de- declarations that nobody cares. Our protagonist then pleaded angrily to be let out before finally coming home again. Johnny, I know that's gone completely <laughs> over your head. I was going to say, as the resident music idiot of the group, I, I have to say that that means nothing to me. He's got Gavin, a face of a dog getting shown homework here, by the way. I knew that would go over your head. Quentin Tantino references. Can we discuss Martin Scorsese, perhaps a cinema of Jean-Luc Godard? No, yeah. I yeah. did the script and we're doing Green Day. I'll do that when I host, Johnny. Don't worry. I'll look after you. Anyway, Johnny, you maintained all summer that Ryan Kent would be coming back to Ibrox. So what made you so certain that this deal would happen? the mood music there was i think significant signs that pointed towards if you towards this deal if you looked at what steven gerrard was saying closely he talked about um the fact that ryan kent would have to force the move through if it was to happen he would have to show how much he wanted it and when moves to big championship clubs teams like leeds didn't materialize obviously i think they were looking at a loan uh, i think if uh, a major transfer had materialised in terms of, or a bid had materialised, then um, it might be a, a sli- might have been a slightly different story. Uh, who knows? But it certainly seems like Kent wanted uh, to return to Ibrox. I think everyone thought it would be on loan, perhaps with a, a, a stipulation that you had to buy him at the end of that to allow maybe Rangers to, to stagger payments. So it's actually... A real statement of intent by Dave King and his board um, to have made this transfer happen. And you have to say that it's a terrific piece of business for me, for Rangers. Uh, He's a player that has shown that he has the ability to develop and perform in the big games as well. And I would fully expect him to be significantly better this season in terms of his outputs as he was last season. Um, I think it was eight assists and seven goals last year. I would expect mm, significantly better numbers this term and what is a better Rangers team. And I think Kent showed as the season went on last year that he was improving and I would expect that acceleration in his development to continue. He's 22. He'll have benefited from having a season at Ibrox under his belt now. And uh, the preseason at Liverpool wouldn't have done him any harm as well playing in the in that team. So I would expect him to come in and be a major factor for Rangers as they try to get themselves back on track after a difficult old firm game. So uh, Johnny touched on the fee there, Joe. So the information we have, obviously you get slightly different from the different camps, but we think it's around $7 million possibly with some bonuses to be added on and a sell-on clause for Liverpool. So, Jules, do you think that kind of fee is a gamble for Rangers or do you think that it's absolutely worth paying it just to get the man that they'd wanted all summer? Um... Bit of both. I think it's a, I think it's a gamble. Um, I think there's um, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a club in Scotland to pay out. It's a lot of money for Rangers to put out. Um, it is 
a quality player. He, he, he looked very impressive last season. He did look impressive all the time. Um, I think Johnny touched on it. He had issues with consistency. Um, he had two very good games against Celtic. Um, but it's a lot of money. You know, it's seven million. It's roughly seven million pound. Obviously, there's talk that it's been put in different instalments or different these things. There's a twenty percent, twenty five percent selling clause. There's a lot of, sort of different angles on it. It's it's it is a gamble. Do you know what I mean? I, I think because. Basically, they, they, they need to succeed this season. They need to get something out. They need to get if, he, if they spend seven million quid on him and they still don't win anything, do you know what I mean? Or they still don't get to a cup final, which I'm sure Johnny would debate endlessly that they will. But if they don't and they've spent seven million quid on this thing, then it starts start slowly kicking out. You know, it wasn't money well spent. Well, I think you're missing the point because it, it, it's not really about Kent's uh, the, the club's overall success, whether or not Kent is a good deal or not. It's whether or not he's a success. No, I think it's totally. Um, it's totally the, the two things the aren't. The, the two things why, aren't. Why did you buy a, an expensive player if not to make the club a success? Of course, that's the reason you would try to do it. But yeah. it doesn't mean that Kent can't be a success if Rangers aren't. No, but his question was: Is it a gamble for them? Is it a good thing? That was what I was answering. But I don't it's think not to do with it about being Kent himself. Kent be a success. I reckon he probably will be. Uh, right, if but, I could just step in here, that's right. Right. I think what Johnny's trying to say is that Kent is uh, a twenty-two-year-old player. So even if Rangers don't perform well, if Rangers don't win things, if Kent still looks good in that team, then at the age of twenty-two, with the potential he has, that Rangers would be very unlikely to be making a huge loss on him. Is that fair? Is that what you're saying, Johnny? Absolutely. Um, He's a player that has got plenty of scope to improve. There's no suggestion from what I've seen of him last season that he would uh, decline in quality. Uh, Of course, he could get a terrible injury. But you've got to think that the the wages are not going to be absolutely enormous. It's not going to be like Julian going to Celtic, another £7 million fee who's going to be one of the top earners at the club. I don't think Ryan Kent's going to be up there at the sort of Morelos standard. I may be proven wrong, but I suspect, given his status at Liverpool, he, he won't be a huge earner, even in Scottish context. Um, now, I think he will be one of the higher earners at the club, but not necessarily going to be a sort of 35000 pound mark that you would expect from a Jermaine Defoe or an Alfredo Morelos. Um, and... Over the, the course of the four-year contract, I think it would be very unlikely to envisage a scenario where Rangers couldn't uh, receive a significant chunk of that £7 million back. If we follow Football Scotland website, Gaby has very articulately explained how amortisation... Amortisation, there you go. (laughs) I should know that term, but it's it's a struggle for me to spit out. The transfer fee for players broken down over the course of the contract. So Kent's on a four-year contract. He was signed for about seven million. I can't do maths, but that's about, what, two point something million every year. So on the books, his value next season will be two point whatever less than it is today when they've signed him. So anything above the you know 5.5 million say for example no 4.5 million or whatever it is for example see you as you can see i really can't do maths but anything above that even if it's even if it's less than 7 million would count as a profit on the books i'm struggling to speak and gaby is very eloquently coming and jumping in but look he has two successful seasons at ibrox and then he moves for 3.5 million after two years that's rangers are, are break even on that according to their accounts. That's the way to, to look at it. Uh, and I, although I think what Jules is saying, um, so this is why I, I sort of stepped in, I think you're sort of speaking at cross purposes, I think what Jules is saying is that for Rangers, this is a real, you know, it's a big statement going out and spending that kind of money that if they don't go on and win the league or at least win a trophy, then 
making that kind of statement, making that kind of outlay on one player when you could have perhaps spent it uh, throughout the summer strengthening two or three positions, will that then not have been worth it if they don't win a trophy? I think that's what you were getting much, at. Pretty much. But I would also say to that that, that Rangers have... Uh, strengthened all over their team well they have but if they don't as I'm saying that if they don't then you could look back and go but they didn't strengthen properly strengthen enough That's well you could you could make that accusation but I think they've they've signed now 10 players mm. so uh, I don't think it would be uh, Lee Clark signed millions though but I think <laughs> the, the guys Rangers have signed have all looked like they can give something to the team either through their previous experience of Scottish football with players like Brandon Barker or from what we've seen from players like Joe Aribo uh, Hellander to a lesser extent Ed- Edmondson but from what we've seen of these players they look like they're going to be reasonable acquisitions Jordan Jones um, I-, I think it's dangerous in football to look at someone's value and then equate that to their what they can give to the team or or, or how big an impact they'll have on the team and it-, it never really works like that we remember L- Lubo Moravchik arrived at Celtic and there was people saying who is this guy how is he going to, to break uh, Rangers dominance? Dick Advocates out, out there spending six million, seven million pounds on players. This guy, three hundred and fifty grand from France. Nobody's heard of him. What can he do? And, and, and then going, you saw what yeah. he, he achieved. Oh, I know, but that's going the opposite way of kind of. I, I think it's it's folly to say you'd spend like nothing on someone. That means he's going to be rubbish. Do you know what I mean, it's more the case where you're spending a lot who turns out to be ineffective. I mean, you look at, obviously, the biggest example, I mean, Celtic have signed plenty of absolute donkeys for a lot of money. Todd Andrew Flo, you spend all this money, it doesn't bring in the return. If you're spending all this money and all this energy and effort to get this player... But I don't think football clubs, I don't think football clubs look at it like that. No, I don't, but I I think it's... Because it's it's a team team game. Um, So it's about how that individual player fits into the component system. Of course Um, it is. And one part of that doesn't necessarily have a massive great, bigger value than the other parts. If you're playing George Edmondson, who came in for 700,000, and Ryan Kent on the right wing, who came in at 7 million, is he 10 times as important as George Edmondson in any given game? I, I would argue not. Each component, you know, is oh, part no, of a team, Of course whole. it's a team game, of course it is, but if you're spending 7 million on a player, you're expecting a return. You expect, you, there's more pressure on, a more expectation from the 7 million player than is a 700, of course. Well, they're, absolutely they're on that we, we agree on, but what I think we're arguing about is whether or not he's a, he's a, a big gamble or, or a gamble. And I, I don't see him as a gamble because of his age and because of his profile and yeah. what I've seen of him I don't, playing. I, I don't see him as a gamble myself, to be honest. But if it doesn't pan out... Well, that's thanks. That's, that's the end of that. Gamey, <laughs> move on. <laughs> well, if it doesn't pan out, you'll before be, you'll be we move on, your huge I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get very quickly... Uh, your thoughts on this. Now, obviously, one player isn't going to decide a title race unless perhaps they're Diego Maradona. But do you two, and I'll take you in turn, I'll take Johnny first, do you think that this signing will have an impact on the title race? Not even necessarily the destination of the title. Do you think that this is a, a game changer? Not a game changer, but it will have an impact because Rangers are now more effective going forward with Ryan Kent for me. They, they're more dangerous going forward. They have another option, someone who can run with the ball, that's his number one strength, his dribbling, his ability to take out players on a 1v1 situation. Ryan Kent has the um, the potential to become a number 10. He has the potential to play wide right. He has the potential to play just inside. He can fulfil a number of roles for Rangers, and I think he's a high-quality player who will improve their chances. Whether or not they can win the league or not will depend on how they bounce back from defeats like uh, Sundays. Jules? Um, undoubtedly he's going to improve that team undoubtedly for all the reasons Johnny said there's no doubt about it they're, they're going to be a better team with him they're going to be more mobile they're going to have more grown uh, yeah of course they are um, but it's still not going to help them 
<laughs> Still not going to be enough. Not going to be enough. Yeah. It's not going to be enough. Okay, so we'll move on from Ryan Kent's homecoming to my own personal Boulevard of Broken Dreams <laughs> as we move to the other big signing from yesterday with Greg Taylor completing his move to Celtic. Uh, the 21-year-old's move hit a hitch yesterday when Jack Henry decided he wasn't quite good enough to make the step up to Kilmarnock. <laughs> but a bid of Truth. somewhere between 2 to £3 million was eventually accepted and the Scotland International swapped the Theatre of Pies for Paradise, simultaneously falling behind Swift in the ranking of my favourite Taylors. <laughs> Neil Lennon has been hunting for a left-back ever since Kieran Tierney moved to Arsenal. Taylor's obviously not at that level yet, Jules, but do you think this is a good signing? That's a great signing. Um, I was very keen for him to come. Um, since it was first mentioned, I, I remember you know, the Celtic fans, a lot of them seem to have sort of changed their tune slightly, which is good. A lot of them did, weren't like this, but there was a lot of people going, oh, it's just for Kilmarnock, blah, blah, blah. He's a great player. Do you know what I mean? He's played for over 100 games for Kilmarnock. He's hard, he's, he's fast, he's solid, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a winner. Do you know what I mean? You can see he's the sort of guy who would do really well, certainly in Celtic and the, um, the, the domestic league, um, but I can see him doing it in Europe. Um, you know, Obviously, we've got new defenders in, we've got new people in there. I can see him being a first choice pick though. Um, I think he's a great, a great asset. I mean, a big loss to Kilmarnock, um, but I, th- I think he's going to be an asset to Celtic. And also, I think he, he just seems like a good, um, solid professional as well. He seems to have a good attitude about him. He's as young well. as well. He's twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. Over about hundred and how many games he's played for? Kilmarnock? Yeah, so I think I think it's one hundred and thirty something in total, and it's like a hundred and odd in, in the league. Yeah. And obviously, he's been capped for Scotland as well. Yeah, yeah, Import- yeah. Importantly, yeah. that means he's not going to kick off if yeah. ball and goal is selected ahead of him. Uh-huh. You have to imagine having spent three million pounds on a player that. He is going to start some games. Yeah, well, they've, they've, got, this, they've got a real choice. I mean, that's the thing. They've, they've got, I mean, I saw a thing, you know, something had been posted, and it was like two Celtic teams, two full teams, and then Sunday's always went nuts on it and done three full Celtic teams. I mean, the third one really it's was a classic. It's, it's a belter, isn't it? Yeah, it's I remember the, the, oh. the Dick Advocate era when, when uh-huh. they did that with Rangers and. Just go ding, 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 yeah. what we've got. I mean, obviously, the, the, the third team would give you nightmares, I mean, in a lot of situations, but they have got such strength and depth now. I think Taylor's at the sort of final piece in the puzzle. He's a, he's a, he's a Great, great asset to get to the club. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him play for them, definitely. Well, you say Celtic fans have changed their tune. Uh, did they change their tune when they saw that picture from Smash and Joy Barton up in the air? I think it definitely helped, didn't it? It <laughs> definitely helped. Um, there's many angles to it. Each one as beautiful as the last. <laughs> um, it is glorious. It's sort of thing. It's a sort of thing. You know, let's be honest, we're not advocating a dirty player or anything like that here in Football Scotland, but you love to see that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, do yeah. we? Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I thought. I, I thought that's a problem. Part of I mean, it. personally, I, I, as, I, as, as I recall, it, he won the ball. <laughs> anyway, uh, Johnny, what are you, what are your thoughts on uh, Greg Taylor to Celtic? I, I think it's a terrific signing. Um, I've already said that his age means that he's going to dovetail, I think, well with Balling Goalie. I can see him becoming the first choice left back quite quickly, but then Balling Goalie can come in for games at Parkhead or games against packed defences where you need someone with that. Yeah real attacking nouse and ball and goalie we already know for his defensive faults he's pretty impressive going forward and and listen to be fair to the lads we've given him a bit of a hard time over his defending here but uh, on Sunday and I know he wasn't particularly tested but on Sunday defensively he looked pretty solid but um, Taylor is, is strong he's got a good mentality um, the first game of the season, Rangers uh, beaten Kilmarnock 2-1. I thought in the second half, after Rangers were pretty good in the first half, Kilmarnock came right back into it, and they were driven forward by their 21-year-old left-back. That, to me, shows a level of character and quality that will stand them in very, very good stead in what will be a much more um, testing theatre at, at Parkhead. And I think it's, it's an excellent signing. I think Rangers fans will look at this and say, you know, Borna Barisic, Andy Halliday... Um, 
Flanagan. Uh, and John Flanagan, mm-hmm. players that haven't really convinced at any point that any one of them is going to really take the medal and, and grab that um, first team spot. So Taylor would have been a, a player I think would have suited Rangers. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen of him, I think he would have been an excellent signing. But listen, for Celtic, uh, I think he'll do a great job. Uh, young enough to be um, a real long-term uh, choice in that position and I, I don't see any reason why he won't won't hit the ground running very quickly yeah absolutely not um, I just think though I mean obviously the Jack Hendry um, you know the quibbling and stuff and was it and also was it Calvin Miller as well yeah I think so um, it was that and it was kind of just like you know why you know, I, mean, I, I don't get it is obviously. this is this maybe a, a throwback uh, sorry not a throwback a result of the perhaps the atmosphere surrounding Angelo Alessio that players are going Mm, is this going to be a, a bit of a crisis mm. club at some point and am I going to be in and out of the team and then I've got a new manager um, unfairly Gaby yeah. but is, is, is perhaps that You're not getting a game for Celtic though at all that's true you know I mean that's the thing going yeah to I mean Henry I don't think has played once under Neil no, Lennon so I mean, there's no chance he's going to get no any football and he's now not going to get any football until January unless yeah. there's some sort of unprecedented injury crisis yeah. so yeah, I fine. don't know what I mean Chris Azure done alright well exactly <laughs> uh, no I, I mean Chris I did alright and he played under blooming Lee McCullough yeah. so yeah, you yeah. know and he was he hardly <laughs> covered himself in glory as Kelly manager uh-huh. um, it's a strange one I think for, for a player like like Hendry I, I don't I mean I understand you're at Celtic even if it's Kamarnock I doubt Kamarnock was his only option he's obviously decided mm. he's going to stick around at Celtic when there doesn't seem to be any realistic possibility of him playing um, Bobo in it yeah, I mean, and the other one is Scott Sinclair didn't move. I mean, I'd yeah. love to get your guys' thoughts on that. I mean, Neil Lennon seems to have totally bombed him out of the team. He's on a big wage. They gave him a new contract. Yeah. I mean, just uh, I mean, I'll throw it out to both of you. You can both weigh in on anyone. I mean, what do you make of that situation? I, I find it absolutely bizarre. I mean, obviously, the, the three years contract, they activated the fourth year. He's on something like 35 grand a week, roughly, something like that. They obviously were going to punt him. He was going to go. There was Derby, there was Sunderland, there was... Well, four or five English teams it's not happened he's not played since what Motherwell I suspect there's some deep-seated unhappiness here there's a, it's it, personal it, it, look, it looks to me that Scott Sinclair fully expected to leave the club on a free transfer at the end of last season and that Celtic thought here's an option uh, of getting some money out of this Putting because on, yeah. we take up that option of the extra year on his salary on his uh, contract and then we maybe use him in pre-season if we can we've got yep. some qualifiers coming up and uh, £2 million in the bank. He's a player of the Premier League clubs, especially the ones coming up, or or top-level championship uh, clubs will look at and think, well, he's a guy that's proven at that level. And uh, it's not worked out for whatever reason. I suspect now Scott Sinclair's not going to get a lot of game time. It's not great for his career at the age that he's at. Or to sell him on. But also it's kind of baffling from Celtic's point of view because, as you say, this is a guy on mega wages by Scottish football standards. He's going to be one of the highest earners at, at the club. And he's uh, going to be not even probably warming the bench. Not even um, the squad. I mean, Lewis Morgan's on the bench before him. Do you know what I mean? And no disrespect to Lewis Morgan. He's a young guy. He's got things to improve. But, you know, Scott Sinclair has tried and tested. And to be fair, Scott Sinclair's not been quite the, the, the invincible season, Scott Sinclair. So this is the two other two scenes. But he did seem to get his form back. But he's still Scott Sinclair. He's still yeah, he hasn't been. I mean, it's not like he's been bad. I mean, in <laughs> no. his first season, obviously, uh, he was arguably the best player in the league. Uh-huh. I mean, with the amount of goals he scored. Yeah. Uh, he was still a goal scorer the next year. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not it's like he's totally fallen off a cliff. So no. it's a strange situation. It's, it's, really uh, it's not even as if he can get back in by displacing uh, Lewis Morgan, as you yeah. say, because yeah. Elian Nussi is now Aye. there. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've got to imagine he's going to be playing some serious amount of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's, he's, so he's now fourth? Well, 
you've got Marion Schved as well, who I know Shed, he plays he more on the right, but he can play on the left yeah. as well, can he? So uh-huh. it's, uh, and you've got Johnson, so he's he's fourth or fifth in the yeah. pecking order now. Yeah, for, for, for a guy on those on those wages, on those a guy wages, with that one point six million pedigree. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's maybe just well, like Johnny says, maybe Celtic have sort of indicated before they'd let him go, and he expected to go, and they've yeah. activated that clause in his contract. I mean, I saw an interview with on. Patrice Evra recently where he said Man- Manchester United basically did that, and he was very unhappy about it. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that's and then because he's been unhappy about that, there's been some falling out. I mean, we yeah. don't know; we can only yeah. speculate. But it's um, a job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll move on. We'll do a brief sort of roundup of some of the other deals that happened yesterday. Uh, so, if you don't have any thoughts on these, just tell me. I'm not interested in that, but it is better than talking <laughs> about international football, right? So, I'm gonna, oh yeah, good. <laughs> so, I'm going to throw the first one out here. Jason Naismith to Hibs. What do we think of that? Very, very good signing for Hibs. Looked excellent as a right back for Ross County. If you follow any of these uh, nerdy stats based accounts on Twitter for the last few years. <laughs> Um, which I which which I, I say they're nerdy, but I'm the nerd that's reading <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, so they're yeah. they're often very very good. Gaby's looking guilty here as well. <laughs> Naismith was one of these players that they would always say, in terms of the metrics, was one of the best performers in the Scottish Premiership. He's gone down south. It hasn't really worked out from the way perhaps uh, he would have hoped. And I think he'll be an excellent signing for Hibs. We know that Stephen Whitaker's. Um, perhaps past his best. Gaby, you did that piece about um, how Jordan Jones gave him a right roasting and, and, and that was uh, certainly a, an indication to me that, that, that Whitaker is going to struggle in the, re- the right-back position against... Um, he looked like he struggled against Motherwell as well from the highlights anyway. Yeah, yeah. Against Pacey players, he's going to struggle. So you've got that option in there. David Gray is obviously injured now, so, so it's a great move for all parties. And, and, and nice to see Hibbs going after someone who's proven in the league after a, a summer's recruitment um, period that, that is mostly focused on lower league English players to I think the club's detriment Okay well so after that we have uh, Kelly made three very late signings so like that the social media admin forgot to announce them until they did a round up <laughs> uh, so well done to whoever that is Professional um, as ever Yes that, well, uh, Harvey St. Clair It's unfair <laughs> <laughs> It's late at night here people have got to get to their bed <laughs> Right Harvey St. Clair, Osmond So and Connor Johnson signed last night. So does anyone have any thoughts on those? I think you should take over this yeah, aspect. The, right, okay. It's a lot of lo- that's seven loan players at Killy now, isn't it? That's yeah, a so lo- that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot there were a lot last year. Um yeah, which is why there's had to be a lot of business this summer because a lot of players leave on loan. I mean, I guess it's that way that if you're a club with limited financial resources, you probably, you know, a standard a player like a Liam Miller who's at Liverpool, you're not going to be able to buy him. So do you get a less good player in permanently and have that security or do you get a better player in on loan? Either can work, but it's the kind of thing you've got to weigh up. Um, I don't really know anything about Connor Johnson at Wolves. He's a 21-year-old centre-back. I'd imagine he'll be sort of backup. I imagine that's just because Broadfoot left yesterday. Harvey St. Clair sounds like it should be preceded by disgraced Tory MP. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but from He's what driving through Brexit as we speak, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. Someone said on Facebook yesterday that's the sound of a boy who's never had a chase after the police through Long Park. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, from what I've seen of him, uh, I've seen sort of uh, brief, uh, briefly. I've seen him at uh, Venezia. I've seen you know a couple of couple of clips of him. And I've seen a couple of clips of his games at Chelsea. Uh, I think he was fairly highly rated at Chelsea. They did offer him a new contract when he went to Venezia. He looks a, 
a sort of creative player, a guy who can can play sort of anywhere across the front line and maybe create some chances, which is what Kelly been crying out for. So I think that'll be quite a good signing, hopefully, certainly if he lives up to the potential that he seems to have. Osman So is a bit of a banner signing, to be honest. That's <laughs> one where I think that the time's running out in the window and they've just panicked. He scored a hat-trick against the reserves the other week. They've signed him on what, a four-month loan until January, which doesn't tell, which just kind of tells you that he was not first choice. They just need a big guy who will stand up there. I mean, he's been at Dundee United, not getting a game out. I think he's been injured a lot of the time. I saw him last season for Dundee United, and uh, he wasn't impressive. I thought he would tear up that league based on what I'd seen of him at Hearts. He was very, very impressive at Hearts. And um, I spoke to someone at Dundee United who said um, that they'd, when, when basically he'd been trying to get back in the team. He'd had a number of injuries. They could never really get him fully fit. But Robbie Nielsen obviously likes him. He had him at heart, so he knows what he's capable of. Um, perhaps this short-term loan is as much Dundee United as it is Kilmarnock. Maybe Robbie Nielsen wants him to go to Kilmarnock, get some game time, get sharp, and then come back firing for the second half of the season at Dundee United. Because you, you have to think, Osmond so big guy, target man, powerful. If he's playing at the top of his potential alongside Lon Shankland. I know four four two is not uh, the in-vogue system, but in the championship, that could be something that would be pretty lethal, I would imagine. Yeah, I just think it didn't really capture the imagination of uh, Kelly fans, the sort of <laughs> four-month loan of a player from a smaller club in a lower league that Ooh. on the transfer deadline day. Dundee you know? United fans will be fizzing at <laughs> Gaby Mackay describing United as a smaller team than Kilmarnock. Dundee United have spent most of the history in the lower leagues. Kilmarnock have been in the top flight for 27 years. <laughs> so I seem to recall us having this debate at the desk yeah, at some yeah. point. In the so, past. Don't yeah. really want to have it what again. What I now. would say, Dundee United fans, is... Bite me. <laughs> anyway. What's your Twitter handle again? We'll get it at the end of the show. Feel free to write in. Um, Mark O'Hara to Motherwell. Any thoughts on that? Good player. Uh, I think he'll do well. Um, seen him at Dundee quite a bit. And uh, even at Kelly, I think he, he was he was a, he's a solid Premier League midfielder, can pass the ball, has a bit of a goal threat about him, certainly in the big games. Uh, so I, I think that'll be added experience to a young team who are playing really nice football and he's a player who can get the ball down and, and play it so absolutely good yeah he's still fairly young so I think he's still only about 24 I mean yeah. I, I, I always liked him at Kelly he never really found his right position he played at centre back right back defensive midfield I think he's best in midfield uh, yeah. Yeah, he I played think, a sort of more attacking role at Dundee but I think yeah. it'll suit Motherwell as well it'll suit kind of how, how they're playing as well I think it'll be a decent signing for them absolutely Jules Andy Ralston to St Johnson good signing bad signing don't be unkind here. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good move for him. I would say it's definitely a good move for him. Um, I think he'll hopefully crack on at St. Johnson. He's never going to really get anywhere at Celtic. Um, I don't think he's um, Celtic quality. But we would have um, been saying this about Ryan Christie. You know, you, two years ago, you'd have been going, Christie, he's, he's never going to be good enough for Celtic. He won't come back good enough. Nah, and Christie's honest, much older. No, I know. I mean, he's only 20, the lad. I know. I know, but you can kind of. I think I don't. I don't think we're really worried saying that about Chris. I think we're saying more about Chris. Let's go off and see how we get saw and see how he improves. I think we've seen enough of Ralph to just think it's not quite that level. And I mean, it might be wrong. It might be wrong, but I just think you can see that he's not quite of a level that he's going to be challenging, coming back and challenging for the first team. He's suffering, Gaby, from this old firm um, young player malaise, which is he's twenty years old. He's had virtually no first-team football in terms of the grand scale of his career. He went on loan to Dundee United. I think he played 13 or 14 games or something like that. He didn't. He wasn't 
that first team regular for the entire time he was there. He was he was even in, in and out at Dundee United. And he, at Celtic, he's played the odd game. He had that period where he was in um, and he was playing in the Champions League. It was way too early for him. That was yeah. once again... I mean, again, at least at St. Johnson, it's very unlikely he's going to play against Neymar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah. But, you know, he, he's a player with um, with potential and he, he's only 20. And what he needs to do is go and learn how to play right back and then come back to Celtic in two years' time, having got... 100 games under his belt, and then we'll know what Anthony Ralston is all about. But at the sure. moment, I think it's unfair to judge him too harshly. And we'll finish off with another St. Johnson signing. Final one, Johnny, Jason Holt, who mm. allegedly you've described as the Ibrox Iniesta in the past. <laughs> the Govan Iniesta. The Govan Iniesta. Ibrox no, Iniesta no, works better. Th- this, is, no final this, is, this is like one of these urban myths that I said this. <laughs> what? I'll just I'll just tell you what I said. Right? Okay. Because I get this occasionally you fired up me on social media. It's almost like that's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Under Mark Warburton, who played a very Barcelona-esque total football pass-and-move style. Now, listen, it, it wasn't effective for a lot of the time, <laughs> but there's no doubt anyone that saw Warburton's Rangers will know it was all about ball retention. They had 65% of possession against almost every team they played. They just didn't really do anything with that possession a lot of the time, towards the end especially. But when they were absolutely firing in the first six months of his reign, in the championship, so everything is context, Okay. Jason Holt was sort of playing the Iniesta role, right. which was the link between the strikers and the midfield, and he was in between the lines and bombing about in the spaces. He's diminutive and he's a goal threat and he's got a decent pass on him. So in the championship, he looked a bit like Iniesta in that context. And I said that. I said he plays in the Iniesta role and then it just blew up on Twitter. (laughs) Because in Scottish football, you cannot say someone plays like someone else or someone plays in the role akin to someone else without them going you're yeah. saying he's just as good a player as Zinedine Zidane uh, no no your, I'm not is I'm it, saying is it my Highland granny that takes offence <laughs> oh, you'll find, you find that all Johnny's critics talk like that yeah, it's strange um, they're, they're all, so, they're all Johnny, Highland grannies get off the fence is he going to be the Perth Pirlo <laughs> I think he'll be an excellent signing for St Johnson he's a vastly underrated player he can tackle, he gets forward, he's got a great engine, he's got a great attitude. I think he'll do a really, really good job for St. Johnson. Although, I don't have the best prediction record for this because I did say Sean Goss would be a great signing for St. Johnson <laughs> in January. That didn't work out, so let's just see what happens. But I, pr- I predict he'll, he'll do well. Okay, well, sorry St. Johnson fans there for the kiss of death of a Johnny prediction. <laughs> uh, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow just before 4pm, just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter, which is at football underscore Scott. You can also leave, leave us a review on iTunes, five stars only, please. To ask a question or to make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at Gaby Mackay, Jules on at Gaby Mackay. <laughs> Just highlighting his, his Twitter handle yeah, for, exactly, for the Dundee Knights exa- fans. That's exactly what I was doing. Captain underscore Howdy. And Johnny. Uh, at Johnny R. McFarlane. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening. <laughs>